Welcome to Bible Breath, where we dig into the Word of God to catch our breath for whatever's coming next. Today we're beginning a new unit of lessons that talk about our life with God, what it should look like and why it should look like that. To get into that, I'd like to go back and review something that we've talked about in a previous lesson, the two main teachings of the Bible. Do you recall what we identified as the two main teachings of the Bible? Law and Gospel. The Law and the Gospel. One of the ways that we said that those are different is that the law tells us what to do and what not to do, and the gospel tells us what Jesus has already done. The gospel is good news because it takes all the pressure off of our shoulders. The law doesn't always come across as good news because it increases the pressure on our shoulders very often. But the law is a very good thing, and that's what we're going to look at as we look into our life with God. There are reasons that God created the law, good reasons that he created the law from the very beginning. So today we're going to talk about God's laws, why we have them, and how to understand them. And then in the next lessons, we'll do a deeper dive into what are known as the Ten Commandments. You've probably heard of those. First, why do we have God's laws? We have God's laws because laws from God have been around for as long as human beings have been around. If you go back to the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, when it's just Adam there as the only human being, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. So there was a command there. There was a law that he gave to Adam. And why would God have laws for a person who was perfect, as Adam was? Well, there are three things that that law did for Adam. And to identify those three things, I'd like you to picture three different things. I'd like you to picture, first of all, a curb. You know, the raised part of a sidewalk that helps prevent cars from drifting off the road and causing damage. Picture a curb. Secondly, I'd like you to picture a mirror, the reflective glass that helps you see yourself clearly. And thirdly, I'd like you to picture a guideline, you know, like the, the line on your phone map app that shows you where you are supposed to go. A curb a mirror, and a guideline. All of those were there for Adam in the beginning when God gave that law. That that law served as a curb for Adam. It, uh, it curbed him from drifting off into a dangerous place. It gave him, gave him boundaries that he, should, uh, that he should stay between. It served as a mirror. It allowed him to see himself clearly in the context of his life with God. Am I loving God? Am I serving God? Or am I loving something else and going off in my own way? And it also served as a guideline. This is the way that you are supposed to go. When temptation would come, it would give him a direction to go so that he wouldn't have to be influenced by the temptation, no matter how powerful that temptation would be. That law served as a curb, a mirror, and a guideline for Adam. And those three things really summarize a very important point about our God and the God who gave that law to Adam. God gave him that law, not because he was trying to restrict Adam, but because he loved him. That law was an act of love from God. It was created to care for him and to protect him. And then also that law was something else. That law was an opportunity for Adam to show his love for God, to show that he trusted God to guide him through life. And the same is true for us. God gives us his laws because he loves us. 
He gives us laws to serve as a curb to protect us from ourselves because he knows what we are capable of as human beings. He gives us his laws to serve as a mirror so that we are aware of our sinfulness and therefore aware of our need for a savior from our sins. He gives us his laws as a guideline to serve as a guide to get us through life. So that no, no matter how powerful a temptation is, no matter how much we feel like giving into it, we can know the way to go. God's laws are an act of love, and that's going to be important for us to keep in mind as we continue to talk about God's laws. Additionally, God's laws are an opportunity for us to show that we love and trust God. That's why all the laws in the Bible are there. Great opportunities for us to do that, but that doesn't mean that, that every law in the Bible is a law that we have to follow. This is why it's important to know how to understand God's laws. And to think about how to do that, I want to go back and review a, a Bible buzzword that we talked about in a previous lesson. And that is the word context. Remember that context, we defined it this way, the thoughts, the words, the circumstances surrounding the passage you are studying. And we, we see context already in Genesis chapter 1 with that law that was given to Adam. You know, it was spoken to a specific person, spoken to Adam. And it was spoken in a specific place, the Garden of Eden. You are not Adam. I am not Adam. That law was not spoken to us. It was spoken to Adam in a specific place that no longer exists. And because that law was spoken to somebody else and did not apply to the rest of humanity, and because it was spoken in a place that does not exist, as far as we know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is not in a place where we can ex uh, access it at all, we know that that law doesn't apply to us. That's what the context tells us. Now, many or the majority of the laws in the Bible, speaking of context, you might remember from a previous lesson, are found in the Old Testament. And most of those laws that were given in the Old Testament were given to the nation of Israel. And those laws that were given to Israel can be divided into three main categories. There were ceremonial laws, there were civil laws, and there were moral laws. Ceremonial laws are laws given by God to Israel that governed their worship life. Here's an example from Leviticus chapter 7, where God said, these are the regulations for the guilt offering, which is most holy. The guilt offering is to be slaughtered in the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered, and its blood is to be splashed against the sides of the altar. All its fat shall be offered, the fat tail and the fat that covers the internal organs, both kidneys with the fat on them, near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver, which is to be removed with the kidneys. The priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering presented to the Lord. It is a guilt offering. Any male in a priest's family may eat it, but it must be eaten in the sanctuary area. It is most holy. That's a law that God gave to the Israelites that governed their worship life. A ceremonial law. There were also civil laws, laws given by God to Israel that governed their civil life, property rights, government, etc. An example of one of those is in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 1, where it says, at the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. That was the rule. All debts at the end of every seven years for the nation of Israel, they had to be canceled. And then there were the moral laws, laws given by God that govern the heart and apply to all people of all time. It's like what many think of when they think of the Ten Commandments. You know, which ones apply to us and which ones don't? And how do we decide? We'll dig into that as we go through the Ten Commandments. But, uh, but first and finally today, there are two important pieces of context from the giving of the Ten Commandments. 
you find the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. This was roughly 1,400 years before the birth of Jesus. Moses had just led the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness on their way to the promised land and they stopped at Mount Sinai and Moses went up to the top of the mountain and he comes down and this is the first time the Ten Commandments were ever heard. Before they were on the tablets of stone, God spoke them to the people. God himself spoke them and it was quite a show. There was a lot more going on besides just God speaking. There was thunder, there was lightning, there was a thick cloud that descended on the mountain and a loud trumpet blast and then God spoke. And after God spoke the Ten Commandments to the people, this is what happened. It says, When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. They were terrified hearing God's laws. And I have to warn you, you might experience something similar as we go through each of the Ten Commandments. God's laws are perfect and they demand perfection in all of these areas. And so they're going to expose our imperfections, even our deepest ones. And that might make us afraid, maybe even afraid of God. But when that happens, it's important to keep in mind a second piece of context from the giving of the Ten Commandments. And that is what God said to the Israelites before he gave the Ten Commandments, right before. He said to them, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. God wanted them to remember who he was before he gave them the laws. He is a God who saves. And he's a God who saves not just his people from Egypt. Fast forward 1,400 years to a manger in Bethlehem and then 33 years later to a cross outside Jerusalem. He is the Lord our God who saves us from our sins. We don't have to be afraid of God, ever no matter how, how many commandments we have ever broken, you are forgiven. That's the gospel. That reminds us that God loves us, that God saves us, and with his laws, he guides us. He guides us in our life to get us home safely to him. We'll talk about how he does that with each of the commandments in the next lessons.